your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. And yeah, we will be talking about the Avalanche 5-3 victory over the New York Islanders. Was not easy, easy. yet another come-from-behind victory. Uh, We will be discussing that. We will get to our sound checks, which summarize, uh, or songs that we feel summarize uh, the action against the Islanders, and discuss the players that were kind of on the trading block, or we think are on the trading block. And after each game, we'll kind of discuss... Did they help their cause in not getting traded? Did they hurt their cause in maybe getting traded? Or are they still kind of like towing that line? So we'll get to all of that. But first things first, follow the show on social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions to Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified when a new show goes live. And of course, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. So, yeah, man, I said in the opening for YouTube, where's our 5,000 games watched jersey signed by every single Avalanche player in the history of the... I, I want that. I where's know. I know I filled out my change of address form. It should be here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. You, you had to update your uh, your cred. So it yeah. should be in the mail, just like your built bar out of the mail today. Hey, we'll get to that later. Um, but, yeah, five to three win tough uh, a, a tough yeah. victory and i think a lot of people just look at this islanders team and think that they're just you know you know they're 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 bottom feeding this year but they just got off to a they had a they had a tough stretch thrown at them to start this season because their arena wasn't done yeah and i think they opened up with what it's like 15 road games in a row yeah because the arena wasn't ready like that's not ideal no uh and they just couldn't recover from it they are playing better i talked to gill a lot gill mm-hmm. most uh, locked on islanders um and and he he feels like they're playing better it's just too little too late they're not going to be making the playoff run but it didn't surprise me that the islanders were in this thing for most of the game yeah it's the way this islanders team is constructed i mean you got trots at the helm you you know what you're getting and it's that grind you to death, slow, boring hockey. And the Avalanche, with that little mixture, they've always been weird, exciting games with the Islanders. So this was to be expected. And this was without some big names for the Islanders. And you didn't see Varlamov in the net either. So if the Islanders can do this to you, what are they going to do next week when we play them again? Yeah. And yeah, Chara was out. Uh, I think upper body injury. Uh, who else was out? Matthew Barzell, Barzell was also out. Matt um, Martin. Yeah, and then for the Avalanche, uh, Nachuskin was out. That mm-hmm. was pretty close to game time, too, where they announced that he was out with a upper body injury. So we'll have to see. I did see that Bednar said after the game that he's day-to-day. So it's not a week-to-week or it's not indeterminate. So maybe he's back out there uh, Thursday against Arizona. So we'll see on that. But it was Jack Johnson's 1,000th game. That was a nice ceremony yeah. uh, pregame. They gave him, you know, top billing on uh, the opening defensive pairing to kind of get that out of the way, which is always nice to see. 
and then yeah, they they got right to it, and the Avs looked good early on. And and what I re- like, you said that the the Islanders play kind of like that slow grinding game. I thought they played a little bit more up tempo than they normally mm-hmm. do. And what I was impressed by them. And they didn't score on any of them, I don't believe. No, they were 0 for 2 on their power plays. I hope the Avalanche are paying attention on how yes. they should run a power play. Yeah. Because the Islanders whip that thing around where the Avalanche like to get bring it over to Miko, who hangs on to it for way too long, in my opinion. Like he, yeah. he looks for that perfect pass. And when you're that good at passing, I get it. Uh, but the defenders don't have to move too much when the avalanche have a power play and while the islanders didn't score especially that first one they don't hold the puck for more than like two seconds and it is off to somebody else not necessarily a person that has a look but you're going to create looks in doing that and i was hoping and praying the avalanche were watching that and you want to know something i think maybe they were yeah because it did get a little bit better i I noticed that it, it got like the well, the 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 Landeskog one was was ridiculous that he just banked off goalie. But uh, what were they one for three on the day? Yeah, that brings us up to three for thirty three. I, I mean, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you gotta, maybe this is the game where you start. But yeah, um, again, another game where the Avs had to come back. They were down. They, I I had no issues with the way that they were playing. Uh, and the Islanders is that, you know, that's just when you use the phrase, that's hockey. They yeah. seem to just get a lead and you're like, is this going to be one of those games that the Avalanche can't pull out? Even though I thought they were playing relatively well, clearly they pulled it out. Yeah. And it's those goals that the Islanders did happen to net. It's just defensive lapses. And the Avalanche are learning this lesson real quick that you can't play just kind of in cruise control and expect to win night in, night out. Teams will make you pay for those mistakes. And you see that they just tighten it up later in the game. And third period, they didn't get anything. And the Avalanche put three in. So you just, you got to play 60 minutes of hockey. That's just how it is. You can't just roll in there with your name and expect to walk out with a W. You got to, you got to play the game. And the way it started for the Avs, they were smoking, they were on fire. And Nathan McKinnon was everywhere. Yes. He looked, he looked fantastic. And then he got that goal. It was kind of a freakish play. Like McCarr had control of the puck, but he kind of lost it. It just happened to go the way of uh, Nathan McKinnon, who kind of just shot. He was going in one direction. He does that all the time, and n- n- nobody does it better than him. Yeah. He's going. He's he's kind of going in one direction and shoots the opposite way over the goalie's shoulder. It's just it's a thing of beauty when he does that. <clears throat> and to start off that way, yeah, you're hot. Things are clicking. Um, and you're right. I don't want to say that the abs, they don't take the foot off the gas, but I think cruise control is the right word Yeah, for that. They, they know what they have to do, and they go in expecting that. But you have to play like that first shift that we had against Detroit. You've got to start games that way. And the defense, they kind of sleep. Well, they're kind of older now. So, I mean, it takes them a minute. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the and de- teams like the Islanders will make you pay for that. So you tighten it up, you get that, you get your legs under you about second period midway through, and then you tighten up and you win the game. I, I mean, if you want to go into cruise control, do it when you're up three to nothing. Exactly. You know, don't do it when you're up one to nothing and you've got a goal in the first three minutes of the game. Yeah. Um, 
so I thought the Avs struggled to really keep pace with with New York in, yeah. in the second. Uh, that that was all Islanders in in the second, and I thought that they, you know, the the, the Avs needed to come out and match that energy. And boy, did they in yeah. the third. So we'll we'll get to that in a split second here. But we want to talk about <clears throat> Built Bar first. Kyle has received his Built Bar puffs. I have indeed. And we'll get a firsthand review from him. Are they amazing or are they not? They are absolutely incredible. I'm not going to lie. They are. I got the churro, the banana cream pie, and the coconut. And they are absolutely incredible. And what did you say to me before we started that you you this is the first time you've had the puffs mm-hmm. and you will not go back to the original built bar like the puffs are your jam right now they are like the texture everything about it like that is exactly what you want and when you see what you're getting out of these puffs like when it comes mm-hmm. to protein and the calorie count like you're not touching a lot of things like if I'm going to go puffs for a lot of things in my life now. <laughs> Uh, it's like you're uh, floating on a cloud when you're That's right. a, a built bar post. So, I mean, if that doesn't make you move to over to, to built.com to want to try out these built bar puffs, I don't know what will. Like Kyle said, they're healthy too. It's not just like a candy bar that's terrible for you. They are healthy. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. So go to built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So like I said, the Islanders really had the Avalanche number in the the second. And it's not to say the Avs didn't have chances. I thought, you know, the way that the Islanders play, yeah, they, they try to play like a lockdown D. But when you have a team that's like the Avalanche that just knows how to score... Uh, it's going to be tough to shut them down for the duration of a game. And, you know, <clears throat> and they didn't have Chara. I get that. It, and he's not the make or break at his stage in his career, but he's still mm-hmm. an opposing force. Yeah. Uh, at, you know, seven foot 20. Um, <laughs> but the, so the Avalanche managed to to get 43 shots on goal. Yeah. On, on the Islanders, which is a lot. And a lot of those can't. Let me see what they had in the third because they were just peppering them. In the third, they had 21. 21. Yep. 21 to 10. And it showed. And with the Avs, you could tell were were not happy about going into the second intermission down to yep. this team. And I I would have loved to know what was said. And it could have been one of those things where it was this, you know, an, an angry Jared Bednar or yep. a very calm Jared Bednar says, guys, like he all he has to say is just stare at them and go. Really? Come on, guys. Really? <laughs> yeah. And and then they just came out and they were that is what you want to see. That that's what we were saying in the first segment and how you were saying how they came out against Detroit. Um, the very first shift in Detroit, those first couple shifts in the third, it was like, whoa. Yeah. Um, and and the Islanders were on their heels. And then again, you got to give credit for the Islanders for coming back again. Um and we had a little bit of controversy here with a late Islanders goal. I say late. I think there was like eight, seven, eight minutes left when mm-hmm. this happened. And it was called a goal. Yeah. It was called a goal. It was close. They went back and reviewed it and they reversed it. 
What do you think? You think they got this right? You think they got this wrong? I don't know. Unbiased opinion. Unbiased opinion? I don't know. I honestly felt like it was a goal. Here's my problem. I And I love the Altitude Network. Mm-hmm. I think they do a great job. When you have a questionable call like that and you know the puck is, is riding on the, the goal line, give me the goal cam first. Yeah. I don't want to see all of these other camera angles where that, that a player is blocking it and give me the inside the goal camera first, give me above the camera second, and then give me all the different angles. Yeah. And they showed the inside the goal cam one time. Yeah. And it was like the third or fourth angle that they showed. And when they showed it, like I, it was, it jumped a little bit, the camera, like <clears throat> when they were yeah. showing the replay, and it was right when you were the next frame, when you were going to see if the puck continued to go in or it was knocked out. So I agree with you, like because they didn't give us great looks on the yeah. replays. I don't know. Yeah. And I, and I can't. And, and I and I want to talk to Gil because he was probably watching the MSG. Yeah. feed. Maybe they showed it differently, but it was driving me crazy. If you have a iffy goal. Please show the inside the goal. That is the best angle you are ever going to have. And they showed it one time. Yeah. And I think, and I mentioned the man a hundred thousand times on this show, and I will until the day I die. Peter McNabb is a national treasure because he will he will first say what fans think, and then he'll be like, Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. And when Pete says it, you listen because <laughs> I think he saw something that we all should have saw and we didn't get the chance. And there was, I felt like there was daylight um, with that puck on its edge. It's so tough. It's so tough. Like when the, the camera angles that are outside the net, it might've looked like that because the puck was, you know, it, it jumped up a little bit when it's jumping up and down mm-hmm. and on its side, but you can't tell where it is. That's where you need to look straight down. And on that, it is it is so it the the minutia of it all is what comes into play here and and I don't know I want I got to go back and look at it cuz we were recording right after the game obviously I want to go see some some you know official I want to see the official wording I want to see you know those goal cams I got to see more of it but from right now I'm sorry I don't have an answer I can't tell you one way or another but see you say that and by the letter of the law, if it's called a goal and you don't know, you go by what was called. Well, that's because the I can only go on the, on the camera angles that we saw. Yeah. The, the refs are probably looking at the in goal cam 20 times before yeah. they, they, they call it. So, but if it's if it's right there, like if it's it's bouncing on its side and you can barely get an idea, if the refs even have to sit there and really debate, you go goal on the ice. And yeah. if, if I'm seeing all these angles and I'm like still saying that's probably a goal. Yeah. You should. And the thing is that the refs came to a conclusion relatively really, quickly. really quick. So that kind of tells you for them, it was pretty cut and dry. Yeah. It doesn't really say like they, you know, if they're, they're agonizing over it, that would have went a little bit longer. It didn't. Mm-hmm. So that kind of makes me think like they, they admit they got it wrong and they reversed it. Gil does not agree. I saw his tweet. Um, And I I do. I think, you know, on MSG, they maybe threw up some different angles more consistently because he seemed pretty set in it. And Gil is an honest dude. 
Yeah. You know, he is not, uh, you know, a homer. If he'll call it like he sees it. So he seems to think that that was in. I'll talk to him afterwards, too, and see uh, if, if he had a definite view of it. But uh, it was reversed. And then what happens? What is it? A minute or two later, you get the Burkowski goal. Yeah. So the abs are down, gets reversed, goes back to being tied. And then you get the Burkowski goal um, to, for, for the avalanche to go back up. And here he is again, man. Yeah. <laughs> Andre Burkowski now has uh, three goals in three games. He had a goal and an assist tonight, or last night, I should say, at this point. Started on the top line again, although he did not stay there. When the Avs needed a, a jump start, the the big three got back together again and stayed there for the remainder of the game. So I don't think it was that Burkowski was playing poorly why he went back to his his second line. It was the Av, you know, when you're down, you put that line back together. And yep. that's what uh that's what Bednar did. But Burkowski, he's this is what this is his MO. This yep. is what we get from him, hot and cold. And right now he's hot. You ride that as long as you can. Berkey, thank you for listening to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Thank you for stepping up and knowing you're on the trade block. Thank you for <laughs> uh, making me eat crow for three games. Um, but now we won't hear from you again until March 21st. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, but it, but it's legit. It's like, OK, yeah. like we're behind you when when you're you're hot. We're behind you when you're doing poor because we want to see you do well, but that we don't want you to have these 17 game goalless droughts, dude. Yeah, like, we can't have that. And that's and we mentioned that when we talk about him, we only talk about him like this because we know his potential. We've seen him play like this many, many times, and his scoring ability is, I mean, it's top line talent when it comes really? to his scoring ability. It's just when he believes in himself, he can do it. But when he starts to doubt himself, he gets in his mind. And then starts firing the puck everywhere, and then really just keeps doubling down on itself, and then he gets in a slump. Yeah. And it's it's a good thing that he's out of it. For how long, though? Yeah, I mean, he had five shots on goal, which was tied for tops with Nathan McKinnon and um, somebody else. Oh, Devon Taves. Devon Taves, three point night for him. What a night for him! One goal, two assists against his former club. Uh, he looked great. You had Kale McCarr with two assists on the night. He extends his point streak to nine games. It's all those points are through assists, but so what? He continues to to you know provide offensively while being great defensively. Um, you know, there's then you got your Curtis McDermott, two minutes and thirty seven seconds of ice time, which doesn't surprise me. You know what I mean? When yeah. when, when you're struggling and you're. I don't want to say the Ezra's struggling. When they're struggling to get a lead and maintain a lead, you're not going to put him out there. You're not going no. to. It's just not going and to happen. You send him out there and he sees that Dano Char is not out there. You're like, well, never mind. You don't need to start tonight. <laughs> if you. <laughs> so, yeah, they had him in. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> he skates out there and looks like, at the bench and he's like, oh, never mind. Uh, whoops. <laughs> Can we make a late. Check uh, line, cha- line change, and yeah. you know, I wonder yeah. if Zdeno Chara not being in a lineup helped add to the Islanders having that little bit of an up tempo mm-hmm. style. Good point. Good point. Um, because he he's typically not that type of player, and I wonder if this Islanders team, when we see them next week, will they be a little bit slower? 
because he's back. If he, if he yep. is back, <clears throat> well, I mean, it that's like yin and yang because yeah, Chara is is slow. Matthew Barzal is uh, not you know, a, a speed demon. So yeah, um, you get you know kind of two worlds there. So it, it might be if they're both back, um, it, it would be a, a different game. I think so. We'll have to wait a week, which yeah, I'll be there for that. Can't wait. That's so. right. You will. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> All right. Um, let's. Uh, we're just going to do a pause here for uh, if we have any other. Uh, I don't have to read anymore. I don't think I have any. No, we don't have any more. No. So we'll just move right on. Um, all right. We got our uh, sound check of the day, and then mm-hmm. we will uh, get to helped or hurt. Um, what do we got? So sound checks for the the songs that summarize the action against the New York Islanders. Kyle Sullivan, take it away. This was the Avalanche 40th win of the season. Okay. So naturally, we have to go 40 to oh, 1. Okay. Nope. 40 to 1 by a band I love to death. And most of their songs have to do with like battles and war. Very great band, Sabaton. Sabaton, baby. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. 40 Fantastic to 1. Band. Love them. Primo Victoria is probably one of my favorite songs. Oh, my God. Um so- yeah, dude. Oh, I, I when you said forty, I thought you were going UB forty. Oh no, 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 <laughs> like, no. <laughs> um, yeah, what, what's that song? Ghost Division by uh, Oh, Seven oh. is like, dude. That is like that should be on like intro music to every like hockey arena, like yeah, in the NHL. That gets people pumped, man. That song it, is great. If you've never checked out the band, you absolutely must check out uh, at least forty to one. Ghost Division, Primo Victoria. And I would say even go check out like their live because uh, mm. their live concerts. That that lead singer, I mean, number one, he's like jacked, and and he's always wearing like Kevlar and stuff, yeah. when, and he doesn't stop like for yeah. the duration of a show. Like he he gets a workout in during during a concert, but he they're this generation's man o' war. Yes, yeah, yeah. But uh, great pick, love those guys. For me, I'm going. The Avalanche with a, a another come from behind victory. I think this is like their 18th of the season. So I'm going to go with the, the this uh, song because the opening lyric is don't call it a comeback. Hey, mama said knock you out uh, <clears throat> by the one and only LL Cool J. What I'm going to put up is a cover version of it, which I love by a a super group that lasted a couple albums. It was Boots Riley and it was Tom Morello on guitar. And the name of the group was the street sweeper social club. So That's a sick name. I will. I'll put that one up. And the <clears throat> funny thing about that is they were called street sweeper, but there's already a metal band called street sweeper. So they had to change it and they just added the social club at the end. So I mean, why not? <laughs> um, so yeah, don't call and- it a comeback because this is what the avalanche do. I'm going to have to check out that cover when it hits the uh, Spotify playlist because Tom Morello covering that, that oh, it's, 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 nuts. yeah. Oh, he gets his like wailing going. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. So, uh, like Kyle said, if you're on Spotify, go follow that. Cause we add these, uh, the morning after to the LOPN sound check 
Spotify playlists and you can follow along. And then we, and I love it because people on YouTube always throw theirs out. Yes. The other day when I had the audio slave song that was Exploder, someone else put up Eruption. I'm like, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of like people are, are liking this and kind of throwing their own out there, which I absolutely love. So it's the best. Kudos. kudos. All right. Uh, because we're in March and we're kind of in the midst of the trade season, what we've been doing is after a game kind of uh, looking back and the players that we kind of think are on the verge of possibly being traded kind of on that trading block on the previous game. Did they help their cause with staying with the avalanche? Did they hurt their cause of maybe being included in a deal or did they do neither of those? And the three that we talk about clearly are Tyson Jost, uh, JT Comfort, and we have been throwing Andre Burakovsky in there uh, because he was on a bad roll, but we'll start with him. Clearly, he has helped himself, not just yesterday, but in his past few games uh, to you could say you can still say you can go either way with him because, yeah, he is he's he's played well the past few games when they brought him up to the top line and he's scored some goals finally. But that also makes his value go up even more. So what do you do if you're the abs? That's a fantastic point. I was like, we talk about we talked about diminishing your trade value Berkey knowing what like his streaky play this might be a blessing and a curse because you're playing good enough that GMs and scouts are looking at you and saying wow three goals in three games that's yeah. great we will put you in this package like it's not good enough to stay with the avalanche because what if in the Arizona game on Thursday what if he goes back to no points and then it continues on and then he diminishes back to the role we assume. Is this just good enough to boost your value where you are a part of a package? Because if we talk about the other two names in it, you've hurt yourself to where you're going to be just kind of with us. Yeah. And, you know, and teams have done their homework. It's not like they're just going off of what have you done for me lately, but they are looking at what have you done for me lately, you know? Yeah. So, and for him, uh, it, it'll be interesting. I, I don't really think Andrew Burkowski is going anywhere. I don't. Um, but if a, a package came along that was too good to refuse and the team mm -hmm. wanted him, I think the Avs would entertain it at least. Yeah. Um, you know, it's night and day when Andre Burkowski goes up on that top line, which is no secret, is Corsi four. And again, that is shot, all shots thrown on net, missed, blocked, shots on goal was 29. So his his unit had 29 shots on goal, or no, I shouldn't say that, shots. Uh, but his course against was 23. So he mm. also gave up a lot. Um, and the Fenwick, which does not count blocked shots, his Fenwick 4 was 22, his against was 17. So it's almost a 50-50 split, which isn't horrible. Yeah. It's, it's, it's above 50. Uh, but you would like when you're the top line, you would like to see that space a little bit more, especially when you're the top line on home ice. When you have last change, yep. you would like to see that a little bit more. Um, and then we'll get to the other two. We'll start with JT Confer. I think he did. Was he even there? Um, well, JT, I saw him maybe two or three times and he was on a very good notable shift of the game, but he's been, you know, we've, tracked him for a while where like yes he's finally scored but out of the three he's really not doing anything for me um had one shot on goal 
uh, he was a minus one on the day, had almost 18 minutes of ice time. But you know where he excelled? Where we struggle the most on faceoffs. He won 67% of his faceoffs. You know who also wins so, faceoffs? Claude Giroux. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. He um, so for, you know, Corsi and Fenwick for him, uh, 14 Corsi for, 16 Corsi against. Mm. So teams are getting more shots than they are taking when he's on the ice. Uh, and then this is where Fenwick comes into play. Some people like that more because it doesn't count block shots. He was actually one above. So he had Fenwick 4-13 against 12. So not horrible. Um, then you get to <laughs> Tyson Jost, and he's kind of even too. He was, uh, for the Corsi, he was 9-4, 10 against. And Fenwick, 8-4, 9 against. So, but the third line, which consisted of Comfer, Newhook, and Jost. So both of those guys were on the same line tonight. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Newhook went up to the second line. Because, he did. He yeah, did. So who, so who was on the – I think it was Kubel. Was it Kubel? Abe Kubel. Yeah, there was uh, a, a shift that those guys had that was spectacular. Yeah. I mean, they had the puck in the zone maybe a minute and a half. It might have been longer than that. Yeah. And I was just – wishing into existence a goal for them because they did everything and there was even times and it helped because the defensive guys on the unit for that uh the defensive unit guys on the ice i should say if i can mm-hmm. get that out right um i believe were i think it was mccarr and johnson for some reason were yeah. on um and they held the puck in a couple times so that they obviously did. helped but holy man like that that shift really stuck out and you got to give them credit for doing that with jost and Confer. so but what do we got for Comfort, or excuse me, for Jost in terms of time on ice? Uh, he had over 13 minutes, which has been a lot more for him. Yeah. Because um, he's been down in the the single. He's had like five, six minutes of ice time. But they needed him tonight with, uh, with, Nuke, uh, who, yeah. with, with Nuke out. So they put him yeah. on the third line. So he had to play a few more minutes. So I don't know. Did, did he help or hurt? I don't really think he did much of anything. Yeah, I think both Comfer and Jost are. It's a mute point. Um, they really didn't do. And I'm, you know what? I'm honestly, when we're doing this help or hurt, I hate having to summarize Jost and Comfer as, well, they didn't hurt or like just a very neutral. Like that's that's not what you want from your third or fourth line. I'd rather you make a mistake and something you can work on. Then just go out there and just take up minutes and have goose eggs in every stat column. Yeah, it, it was not uh, Abe Kubel who was the their line mate. It was Logan O'Connor. So mm. it was Logan O'Connor, Jost, and um, Confer. And believe it or not, Logan O'Connor had the least amount of ice time between those three at twelve minutes twenty six seconds. He is kind of disappearing a little bit. Abe Kubel is I have I'm worried about him now. He started out great and Abe uh-huh. Kubel is very quiet, very just he disappears and lines 3 and 4 are an issue and we talk about this who helps and hurts because we need to improve lines 3 and 4 
when the trade deadline comes up because nothing is happening on lines three and four. Yeah. I mean, Abe Kubel's gone quiet. Logan O'Connor's gone quiet. <clears throat> and those are guys that you were really relying on early in the year. I don't want to say relying on. They, they were just giving you great, great play. Um, and it's kind of gone quiet a little bit. So yep. uh, I, when I saw that, like that could be a very good line with Comfort, O'Connor, and Jost. It could be a very good line. It it's could just, be. It's just not not really producing all that much. Um, let me see what they had. <laughs> I mean, Jost plays so well with McKinnon when he gets that chance. Like, just cross your eyes. Logan O'Connor's almost there. Just mm. pretend. Yeah. It'll be a blurry yeah. Nathan McKinnon out there, but it's O'Connor. <laughs> uh, I mean, total... They had three shots on goal. Jost did not have any. Yeah. <clears throat> no shots on goal. You know, and you know, he's a workaholic, obviously, but um tough. Tough. So all right. Uh that'll pretty much wrap it up for today. So we have uh there's no game tomorrow, and then we are back on it. I'm trying to I want to say avenge that loss to Arizona because they ended the the home winning streak so we have to kind of yeah. stick it to them in their home ice so their home ice for now for now, for <laughs> now. they don't have home ice for the next like 10 years so no I feel, I feel bad for them I do um all right so that's gonna wrap it up for today definitely uh, check us out on our social media pages and thank you for making this your first listen of the day like always it's appreciated go check out locked on NHL and make that your second listen of the day got caught up on everything going on around the league for now he is mr shaggy von doom kyle sullivan i am chris maselli and this is the lockdown avalanche podcast we'll see you guys tomorrow go abs go